0: Participation in Theatre. Okay, I'm going to introduce Sarah Austin. Sarah is a theatre director, curator and programmer who works across a range of disciplines. She's made mass participatory works, developed emerging Australian writers and new plays and worked in a range of devised contexts with young people and in community and youth arts. Sarah is currently the Artistic Director of St Martin's Youth Arts Centre. Please welcome Sarah and her team.
1: Thank you. Um, And thanks very much to the uh, colloquium organisers for having us. Colloquium is a new word for me. Um, we're, really, we're really delighted to be here and delighted to have a chance to speak to you um, about the topic of our panel too. So my name is Sarah Austin. Joining me on our panel today are Thomas Banks, um, Katrina Gabb, and Meza Abuzaid, um, And Clementine. And Clementine, who <laughs> won't have much to say. <laughs> I'm going to just start by explaining that Thomas uses a light writer to speak sometimes. Um, this is his little light writer gadget here. He will he will speak to us, and I'll do some of the translation for Tom. Sometimes if I can't understand him, I'll ask him to use his light writer. And if you speak to Tom um, after, if you've got questions for Tom, he's usually very happy to talk. <laughs> <laughs> he, at any time you can request that he uses his light Rider if you can't understand what he's saying. The other thing to be aware of is that while Thomas is using the light Rider and typing um, wait for him to finish before you move on to another question or um, uh, I- interrupt
2: uh, 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 uh when I'm talking to someone.
1: It's really important when he's I, talking to someone. I have
2: uh, it more in one body as people talk it's to one another while I'm yes. talking.
1: It's very important that, especially when he's talking to more than one person, that people don't talk to each other while they're typing, so when he's talking in a small group, if you want to speak to him outside the um, panel. Okay, so that's us. Um, We're going to um, structure our panel today with a little bit of a brief overview from me. Uh, Katrina's going to go into some of the detail about St Martin's and our programs and our practice that we call Inclusive Theatre and how it's really started to affect our organisation. I'm going to facilitate then a discussion between the panel members, really in particular with Mesa and Tom, to get them to talk about our topic today, which is removing the barriers. Uh, And then I'm going to leave, I hope, sufficient time for audience question and answer. I think this panel's placed actually really well Um, as the kind of fifth panel of the day, it has occurred to me as I've been watching the others that there's quite a lot of intersection between what we're about to say and what some of the other panels who have gone before us have been speaking about, and indeed with the research project (coughs) in space. Um, I think it was in the second panel that the idea of providing possibilities for access was mentioned Uh, and this is really a core philosophy at St Martins, this idea of of how young people might access our programs Um, and it spreads right across the program. It's about venues, it's about social experience, it's about digital platforms, it's about uh, geographical barriers and financial barriers. Um, and strategies to address these are a constant and ongoing and evolving part of the work that we do. And we're going to talk about some of those strategies in detail today. Um, we've also heard about the value of participation in the arts and how that breeds strong arts patrons and strong audience members. And that's probably um, the lens through which our panel is looking at Uh, the problem of removing the barriers today, that idea of participation in the arts. Certainly, as my youth arts colleagues will know, that is what we are all about. So in terms of participation in audience, St Martin's audience consists of 70% of young people aged between 5 and 30 years, and of course the work that we do is with young people aged 5 to 30 years. We've developed a number of strategies which are around broadening inclusion of young people, um, engagement strategies, and these include things such as Auslan interpretation for performances, so of course that's the Australian sign language. It also includes audio description of all our performances. We're going to talk in detail a little bit about what audio description is later. and offering kind of subsidised offers for members to participate and um, growing our online presence as well. Um, it's quite key that uh, theatre does need to have a place online in order to engage with young people. Our philosophy is quite simple, if young people see themselves and their stories reflected on stage they are more likely to attend theatre and we're going to talk to Tom and Mesa a little bit about that later. Next slide, please. I <laughs> can't really see them. Um, so access and inclusion at St Martin's has been something that um, we have been actively working on for a number of years and the most kind of significant thing happened in 2010. We realised that a huge number of young people who were already accessing our program and participating in the work that we do Um, many of them were identifying as on the autism spectrum or with Asperger's syndrome. And that we needed some kind of meaningful strategy to actually work with these young people as we were artists, not uh, necessarily people who have experience in inclusive theatre practice or in working with young people with additional needs. So to that end, we sought philanthropic funding and were successful in getting some money to employ what we called an access officer. We developed probably the broadest position description anyone has ever seen, which was around the idea of how do we uh, broaden inclusion in the St Martins program, how can we make it more accessible for young people to participate, and how do we develop strategies for young people who are already there um, that will allow us to more meaningfully um, include them in the work that we're doing. And an integrated model was our goal, so that uh, what we had in the rehearsal room was young people from diverse contexts all participating and making work together. This has proved to be a a kind of incredible challenge, a very exciting way of working, and um, it's an ongoing development for us. And Katrina will talk, I think, about that in detail. We also commenced our Catapult Leadership Program um, as part of our strategy for broadening inclusion and we'll talk a little bit more about what Catapult is. Mesa and Tom are both part of that program. Um, When Katrina uh, applied for the role of Access Officer there was a collective sigh of relief that there was actually someone who could bring these skills to an organisation because we actually weren't sure when we advertised who are we looking for, what kind of skills are we looking for. Um, and we were relieved to find that there was someone out there who had those skills and that slowly but surely Katrina's role in the organisation has meant significant um, organisational change for us right across all of our programs, right across our marketing strategies, about the way we talk about what we do, the way we make the work. Um, And if there are questions about that, we'd be really happy to answer them uh, in the Q&A session later. So at that, I shall hand it over to you, Katrina.
3: Thank you, Sarah. Um, these chairs are so sort of lounge-like. I kind of feel like relaxing and not really focusing on the task at hand. So I'm going to have to work a little bit harder to sit up and pay attention. Um, okay. So we've called this um, this presentation "Remove All the Barriers," which seems which is something that came out of actually the uh, the Australian Theatre Forum in Brisbane. People kept talking about this thing: "Remove all the barriers, remove them." And I remember thinking. What the hell does that mean? And I'm an access officer, you know. I think about these things all the time. How do we actually find ways to engage people that we're not meeting, that we're not, that, that are not, that we're not catching within the, um, the, the population of St Martins? It sort of almost sounds too simplistic or too idealistic. But I guess what we're talking about is is identifying the obstacles, both physical and attitudinal, that prevent young people from diverse cultures, backgrounds or experience of disability to engage with theatre. But identifying these barriers is one thing, actually doing something about it is another, and it's something that's extremely um, complex. But what it does mean that if we can do this, it means we engage a far broader, diverse and richer group of young people. And these young people, of course, will become the theatre makers of tomorrow, as well as the funders, the programmers, the producers, the critics, and, of course, the audiences as well. So what's this got to do with engaging young audiences, finding ways to remove these barriers? Well, we believe that young people will attend theatre if they see themselves represented on stage, as Sarah has mentioned. So my presentation is really about how diversity can be supported to get onto stage and also within the audience. And I am, as I'm sure you are, very well accustomed to hearing from individuals from privileged backgrounds who have an education and employment as a given, um, who may not necessarily experience these barriers first-hand. I'm one of those, and that's why it was really, really important to us that we brought Maisa and Tom along, who are young people who first-hand experience these barriers to participation. Uh, the Access Role. So as Sarah's mentioned, the Access Role uh, that I inhabit at St Munns is a fairly new initiative. It actually was 2009 that I came on board and before that, I've worked for many years as a theatre maker working with actors with disability. Um, and also working as an inclusive arts trainer. So, so going into organisations and training people on how to engage with specifically people with disabilities. When people think of the word access, I think they often tend to think of heavy ramps and um, wheelchair lifts, <laughs> things such as that. Accessible toilets, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that these things are all really important, and of course, that they spring to mind. But I think, as I said before, access and inclusion is a complex, multifaceted com- uh, concept. And in practice, it covers physical access, but all, more importantly, or as importantly, inclusive attitudes, so the attitudes around those individuals. So to clarify, my role is about broadening access to St Martin's performances, workshops, programs, and as audiences for young people. So that that means, as Sarah said, from age five to age 30. This means I actively work to engage young people who are not finding St Martin's. In Melbourne, um, I'm not sure that everyone would know St Martin's, I'm sure you don't, it's physically located in an upper-class suburb of South Yarra, um, which in terms of diversity, historically, St Martin's has really only attracted some, a very small amount of young people with disability or from diverse cultural backgrounds. So what we want to do now is to, is to broaden access for these people in a systematic way so we know that we're actually engaging them and supporting them in a way that's going to work. Um, we also acknowledge our role as a springboard for careers in performance for young people. We want to help breed a rich and fertile and complex theatre industry of the future one which naturally includes the voices of people from culturally diverse backgrounds, those with disabilities, and those who come from economically disadvantaged homes and communities. Um, so Sarah and I came, and another young Catapult person, who's not here today, went to Brisbane recently, as I was saying, to the Australian Theatre Forum. And once we were there, it became very apparent that I was the only one amongst all those people. There was about 300, I think, who attended the forum. I'm sure some of you did, but I know some of you did. Um, there was only myself who actually was in a role as access officer within an arts organisation proactively seeking inclusion. Um, now that wasn't through a lack of interest, certainly through lack of funding, but it became, it was really interesting because out of that forum, some the ten key, out of the ten key outcomes that we need to look at as a theatre industry, one of them was access and inclusion. Okay, so, inclusion. It's complex, but like anything, it can be broken down into manageable chunks, and I want to utilise some uh, images from performances at St Martin's and other things and talk through what impact um, a role such as as the Access Officer role can have. Click. Okay. Now, there's someone in the audience who will know this image. She's not even looking. There she is. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually the director of this performance, so please feel free to hop in, Olivia, if you want to add. (coughs) Um, Arrivals and Departures was the first performance that St. Martin's did working with um, young people from refugee or migrant communities specifically. And St. Martin's is one really interesting thing about St. Martin's is we're into the integration model or the integration idea that we work with targeted communities as well as those young people who are already accessing St. Martin's and get them to work together on a common artistic goal. We feel that this, this platform, this breeding ground, has great impact, not just as a, as a, as a rich artistic space, but also more broadly you know, in terms of social inclusion. Okay, so we formed a relationship with English, some English language schools in Melbourne. So English language schools are the first port of call for refugee kids, and that's where they go to learn English before they are then put into the mainstream education system. Um, We've found that targeted projects are really, really important for us to access communities that we're not accessing currently, and we don't wish to ghettoise, but we understand that it's a good way to go to begin and then to find pathways into St Martin's, into other um, projects, programs, but also as as employment. And there is one young man in this, I know he's actually better seen in the other one, but there's one young man in in the slide who now is working with us as a sound technician. So he's gone from arrivals and departures, this performance, into uh, training with support from St Martin's and come out the other end and is working for us now. Those kind of pathways we feel are, are very, very important. Uh, we also have another project on the go called Sight Guide, which is working at Noble Park English Language School, an English language school in the far-flung southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. And uh, we're working on a a cultural exchange uh, dance flash mob, if you will. And um, so those kids out there at the school will be working with kids at St Martin's who will teach each other dances um, in conjunction with a choreographer. And which will then be taught, these dances will then be taught to a whole lot of other people from different organisations to um, perform within the CBD in Melbourne in April. Uh, also part of this working with these communities has mean we've had to look at our communications we need to make them accessible and i'm not talking in this case from a disability perspective which is my background but talking about Communicating with people who where English is not their second language, so finding ways to create permission slips that have images so people have an understanding of what it's about. Um, using plain English, which is a real thing and everyone should know about it. There's a website, the Plain English Foundation, just talking about stuff in plain English. It's beautiful. It's so simple and doesn't have to dumb down ideas, it just makes them accessible. Now, let's move on to another project. You're keeping time with me, aren't you? Because Keep I going. do ramble. Okay, that's another, sorry, that's another arrivals and departures image of some shadow puppetry. Did you want to say anything on that, Olivia? Um, no, I went first. Okay, cool. Thank you. Okay, here's another performance. Um, this is Cherish, and this was a collaboration between existing um, young people working at St Martin's, but also with raucous theatre company, which is for some people who may or may not know is a company of actors with and without disabilities, a fantastic company, um, homegrown in Melbourne. Again, bringing this idea of two disparate groups coming together to create a common artistic goal. Um, There's a really nice sort of, uh, in talking about pathways, on the far right at the back is a young man called Paul Matley, who's a performer from Raucus, And he um, went on to run an inclusive theatre training Uh, theatre lab with myself, with the Catapult people, which I thought was a really nice, again, a nice nice sort of pathway, and pretty powerful stuff, having a young man with a disability with Down syndrome leading a session for a bunch of folk with and without disabilities. Um, Yes, now Sarah also talked about we have an Auslan interpreter um, for one show per season, and also audio description for one show per season. Can I just have a show of hands? Who knows what audio description is? OK. There are, There's about... I'm really bad at fractions. <laughs> um, a 10? <laughs> a 10? Okay. 25%. 25%. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, wow. Audio Description is a service for people who are blind or have low vision, and it's where um, the show is watched by a describer who describes the, all the visual elements um, with between the text, so not over the text or the dialogue, um, so that the person in the audience who's blind or has low vision has a sort of a full sense of the performance. So they wear a little earpiece with an FM receiver. We've bought the equipment at St Martin's and what we're doing now is actually training young people to become audio describers, which we hope in the future to hire out and train other organisations, arts organisations and theatre companies to utilise our our equipment and our our young audio describers. We've also employed this idea of the companion card, which is um, if a person with a disability requires somebody to come with them to see a show in in order to enable them to get there, then that's free. Um, I've also worked at training all the core staff in disability awareness, as well as um, Oh, really? Cheese! Okay, as well as um, hiring of staff. So I sit on, on, when when someone is to be employed, I will sit on the panel as well and grill them about their excess chops. Okay, Um, moving right along. Oh, that's another cherished image. And another. And this is The Lost Girl, which was a performance done this year with a teenage cast directed by Sarah. And our associate director Hannah Liddy, um, and this is Sarah's touched on this, and that the, the young people coming through the door, in terms of disability, what we were really seeing was a hell of a lot of people with autism. Um, so what's what's been a, what we've had happen now is that um, we've trained the, the the staff to work in inclusive theatre principles, which means that they're able to engage with. Uh, young people with disabilities in a a more meaningful and engaged manner. And if people are struggling with individuals within workshops, then I will come in and watch them or model support and together we'll work on ways and strategies to engage that young person. I'm going to keep moving along. Uh, That's The Lost Girl as well. Um, Both of these casts had included young people with autism. And this is One Day, which was our 5 to 12-year-old production also directed by Sarah. Here's Tom as a banana. Oh! Not you, Tom. (laughs) I could go so many places with that, but I'm not. Okay. Now, Catapult, here's Catapult. As you'll see, here's Catapult. Now, Catapult is our 18 plus program. So for for young people over the ages of 18, you can see Maisa in the front there with Clementine and Tom there on the right-hand side. We really worked very hard to ensure this group of young people was diverse. So I went out there, I spoke to people individually, I, I rang organisations, I lobbied. I was, it was very important to us that this group of 12 cultural leaders were not all white middle class kids. And also their practices were diverse. So. Indeed. So diversity from an artistic perspective as well. Um, and this is certainly what we, what we ended up with. We ended up with a fantastically rich, diverse bunch of young people, um, all with very different levels of, of artistic engagement, as well as from very different backgrounds. This has led to its own challenges as well, of course, but it's been something very, very interesting. One part of Catapult is we have theatre labs, which are we had six or seven um Uh, workshops um, designed to enhance their knowledge of theatre one thing we really found with that was that a lot of the presenters who came on board really had no idea about inclusive theatre practice So we're talking about professional artists who work in the sector in Melbourne, fantastic people Fantastic but again, who struggled, who to, really, really struggled to engage all our young people. Because it's really hard
1: to do inclusive theatre practice.
3: Which has made us realise more and more that we need to be offering training more broadly to the sector. And it's something that actually would be mean to talk to you about, and we will do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Catapult also organised the Totipotent Youth Summit, uh, which was a fantastic summit at St Martin's. Where there were keynote speakers that the young people had decided, there were workshops, etc., etc. Last last thing. Oh, last thing. You're hard. Okay, I'll just say two more things. Um, (laughs) What I find really exciting about working with these young people is that I get to get to them early about inclusive theatre practice within their theatre careers and I think that's really exciting because that sort of happened to me accidentally within my theatre career and it changed everything for me and where I went with it and I find it very exciting and I guess I'm not necessarily talking about these young people on stage with us, but I'm talking about a lot of the other young people who are not experiencing those barriers that we've spoken about. And I already find an ongoing dialogue with them. I ran a session with them. I'm, I'm there as a as a resource. I find that they are thinking in far more inclusive terms than a lot of other young people that I come in contact with. Let <coughs> the wrap up. The inclusive journey at St Martin's is a long way to being complete. That's said with a very serious voice. The commitment to access is a long one with tiny successes. Like, for example, I actually was going to check this with you, Tom, but I think you'll be okay with it. I did ask you once how Catapult was going for you. And you said, well, I'm developing. And that's the point, isn't it? And to which I replied, yeah. Yes, it is. That's fantastic. But also, of course, we run into difficulties and there's, and there's, there's, there's hard bits that we have to review and review and try and work out a new way to do it. But that's all part of it. All these elements that I've described allow for a myriad of young people to be the makers and the consumers of art and make out the pathway from an artistic landscape, predominantly monocultural, to a rich, diverse one which can be best described as polyvocal. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank oh, you. We're going to the movie. it later. Thanks, Katrina. Okay, stop. Uh, we've got a little film. If we get time, we'll look at it Okay, at the thanks. End. Um, I'm going to start now by just um, uh, having a bit of a discussion with everyone on the panel. Mesa, um, I'm going to start with you if that's okay. Could you talk to us a little bit about, in order to attend or participate in theatre making, what are some of the barriers um, that you would face and what would need to happen to make it easier for you to do that?
4: Uh, I guess um, when it comes to theatre and. I'll um, move forward. Okay. Hey, I gotta eat the mic. <laughs> Everyone else. Uh, another community told me, eat the mic. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, for inclusive, for me to be able to participate in theatre as a member of theatre and also as an audience member, is that um, a lot of the information. Because I do come across as someone that is quite. Um, You don't know that I'm disabled unless I tell you or or unless I'm walking with a mobility aid. Otherwise, generally people have no idea. Um, So for me, visual information, uh, I completely miss it and that's why it's really, really important. Like, name tags are completely useless to me. A lot of people in the blind community actually refuse to wear these. So it's like, why should you know my name if I can't see yours? Just so there's <laughs> um, there's there's a like a bit of that attitude a lot a lot with young people as well about way. Um, so it's I guess the uh, importance is. Um, being able to verbalise visual images, or or um, and um, showing showing theatre in that sort of way, and um, I'm nodding just so you know. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the so that, well, me. Um, so that's what's um, so that's what I find really important, and what makes it more inclusive is um, is people's understanding that visual information doesn't have to
1: be visual; it can be told as well. Speaking about talent. could you talk to us a little bit about your experiences of audio description in some of the theatre mm-hmm. that you've seen in Melbourne, and maybe good what's a good experience of audio description and what's a bad experience of audio description? Okay. Um, I guess I,
4: as part of being the Catapult group, um, as part of Catapult yeah. as well, we did a series of a lot of... Th- we went and saw some theatre that I wouldn't normally see, um, and some of the other Catapult members were like, oh, this is awesome because I wouldn't be able to buy these tickets anyway. And yeah, So so then I had a chance, and Sarah and Katrina made sure I had the services I needed to go see the theatre, um, and at one point uh, we saw a main stage performance, and I had the audio visual, and it was done by um, the Organisation for the Blind, and... It was the people that run those programs. Uh, the audiovisual were like retired people, so then their enthusiasm for theatre is pretty much dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the the audio describing, uh, you can slap me, Sarah. No, 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 it's honest. good. <laughs> 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 it's not slap to be dumb. <laughs> so the enthusiasm wasn't quite there because I don't, I don't, um, It seemed like probably they saw that show probably four, or five times, and they're probably over. It and then they're describing for this poor little blind girl describing the theatre and describing the costumes, and like they really did not care about, you know, giving that experience. Yeah. Of describing like she's wearing an awesome jacket. It's not blah blah blah. You know, there's there's um. So then I found that performance really difficult to watch and hear and absorb and be inspired to be attend I felt like it was a waste of money for me because it was I was I had to listen to this person being absolutely bored and then I had to be absolutely bored so that was my experience of a really a service that was there that was done but it just needed the enthusiasm of theater to be able to persuade a 23 year old that this is a good play so um, and then another a good example is um, uh, that Katrina trained another girl that is also in the t- t- uh, no the catapult program, and um, and she was very enthusiastic about being being an audiovisual, and she enjoyed theatre and that changed her her expression of how the audience is meant to relate to theatre. So then she would be really happy to be in your ear, and it was like a little radio, it was like a little friend in your ear, like <laughs> like it's just she was just like uh, um, really happy to be. In saying and describing things, even though she's probably described it probably four or five times, and and then I guess that's because that's that's the enthusiasm of being a young person and making theatre. So you, that's the, that's the experience you want from a good person that does audiovisual. So thanks, um,
1: Mesa. That's great. There you go. I'm I'm going to ask you the same question, Tom, and I'll come back, Mesa, because I've Sorry. got more to ask. Um, Tom. In order to remove barriers for you to attend and participate in theatre making, what would you need to happen?
2: I, I, oh. I <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to die. Um, well, as I'm working with a physical disability. It, 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 I, for me to be able to communicate with people.
1: So Tom's saying um, he's a person with a physical disability and it's very hard for him to communicate with people?
2: Because people don't understand me.
1: Because people don't understand him. Um,
2: so people need to be bothered. Um. In order for me to get my
1: so people need to be patient in order for him to get his message across.
2: Um, we be people also need to be be able uh, to evolve.
1: <laughs> people also <laughs> need to be flexible. Um,
2: uh, yeah, oh, um be be able to be my um level of uh, study.
1: because with your level of
2: With,
1: with my level of um energy
2: because with his level of energy uh um, uh a lot. Like one guy, I have a lot of energy, but in guy, I got a time.
1: So it can fluctuate a lot. In one uh, day, uh, he has a lot of energy, and in another day, it's right down.
2: Um, oh. And eh, eh, people, people also need to know how to communicate with me on a phone.
1: So people also need to know how to communicate with him
2: on the phone? Because sometimes I, um, sometimes We we are of people, I am up on me.
1: Because Uh, sometimes... Sorry, Tom.
2: i for again because I need to bring up a <laughs> so
1: he, Tom said that um, sometimes when he calls people, they hang up on him because obviously they're not understanding and it's very frustrating because then he just calls again. <laughs> Tom, if someone doesn't understand you on the phone, what should they do?
2: Oh, alright. Um, people need to listen.
1: I think everyone got that.
2: Um, yeah. But I've,
1: I've had an experience with you, Tom, where I was on the phone and I couldn't understand what you were saying and you, I heard you say, hang on, and you grabbed someone off the street and you handed them your light rider and I had someone on the phone going, hello? <laughs> he's, he's saying he's going to attend the spy workshop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what else, Tom, with
2: communication? If <laughs> I so,
1: so if you can't understand Tom on the, sp- on the phone, his Light Rider can speak. And he can use that as an aid on the te- on the telephone.
2: Oh, I got one with a two double. Yes, uh, one
1: one interesting story.
2: I I I I I I, I was <laughs> in a library like two weeks ago. He was
1: in a library two weeks ago. and, and
2: I. And I was really freaking out.
1: And he was really be, freaking out. do I
2: asked the funding application to be, 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 need it to be, 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 be uh, in at <coughs> five. No. Oh. Funding application. Oh, you uh, right. had
1: a funding application
2: yeah. due. Uh, and it needs to be in at five. Uh, uh, five. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh it was like two.
3: And it was so, two so,
2: so, <laughs> you know, I I I I I I in a room with with, with no one I'm um, a
1: You were in a room with no one? With someone.
2: Where 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 when no, no one, one. Oh, no Oh, where you weren't what,
1: allowed to talk in the uh, library. Uh,
2: um I I I on a phone. I I I it
1: so he was on the phone uh, and he was using his light writer and it was speaking and people were looking at him (laughs) at the library in the no Uh, speaking room uh, uh, (laughs) which is fair enough Tom
2: I, I got into a little bit of trouble. You got
1: into a little bit of trouble. I'm going to ask you, Tom, and I'll, and I'll also ask you, Mesa, but Tom, if you would start. Um, how useful is it for you to have some idea of the venue that you're going to um, and what kind of obstacles you might have to face to attend theatre? Um.
2: Um I I I I need to be able to know uh and, and, I can get in.
1: You need to be able to know how to get in?
2: Uh be because I because uh because, um more 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 most of examples I I, I I, love going on my own but anymore I, I don't want to rely on someone else to get me in.
1: Because most of the time he likes going on his own and he doesn't want to rely on someone else to get him in or around the theatre. What about you, Mesa? How useful is it for you to um, have familiarity with a venue before you attend Uh, theatre?
4: For me, I guess it's really, really important because um, like, to be able to find the bathrooms independently is really important um, because, I guess, um, trying to navigate an area with a mobility aid is is a challenge within itself and I guess there are instructors that do specific training for people that are blind and have low vision and it's really good that ushers are familiar with those procedures with the blind um and that the ushers are also trained in sighted guide how to guide no but I guess that is something that's that's that could be part of um, a development because that, um, and then being able to find the important parts of of an of an area. Um, so venues
1: offering a kind of orientation um, a couple of times a year that you could just go to before you actually attended theatre would be quite a useful thing. Yes, of course.
4: Yeah, uh-huh. and knowing where the accessible seating are. Yeah, um, and that is, um, and so then you have a rough idea of how to get to one point to another point comfortably instead of feeling like you're um, you're more disabled than what you are. So then there's... Um, to that orientation is really, really cool. Uh, okay. Thanks.
1: Um, um, I'm going to move to questions from the floor now because we're running out of time. Um, sometimes our panels take a little bit longer with people with a disability. I think that's worth everyone being aware of. Tom's talked about patience. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: um, um, and often, often um, sessions are designed so it's, they're very difficult to access and I'd also just like to congratulate the organisers of, of this um, colloquium because they've been very mindful of that. Um, questions? Yes.
0: Oh. Hello. Hello. Um, name my name's Niall. Um, I'm just wondering if... Sorry, what was your name? Niall. 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 Yeah, Um, I'm just wondering if you at St Martin's have had any experience of signing for the deaf?
1: Katrina, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Uh, Yes, indeed.
3: Um, We we do offer uh, one show per season with an Auslan interpreter signing for the deaf. Um, One show show per per season season? of all of the shows that we do, so six shows a year, Auslan interpreted. But we've also recognised that that's not enough and that we actually need to engage with the community in order to build up an audience that will come and use that service. One of the things we're doing, hopefully next year, this is not confirmed, is doing a a targeted project working with the Victorian College of the Deaf, which is a school for deaf kids in Melbourne, not far from, from where we actually are located. Thanks. Yep.
0: Hello, Justin Brow from 60 Socks. Um, Thanks for the presentation, very insightful. And Tom and Mazur, thanks for um, giving me some insight into the way that you guys deal with stuff. And that's sort of where my question comes from, um, with you guys engaging with, you know, kids and people that are abled and not so abled or whatever. And going back to what the gentleman this morning, Matthew Reason, was talking about, about creating theatre for kids and that sort of... I don't know top-down approach or whatever, and wondering what your thoughts are about, or whether or not you've explored working with dudes that are disabled or young kids to actually write theatre that then you go and create the shows for. Of
3: absolutely, go for it, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? Oh, all right, I'll do it. We do uh, that.
1: How,
0: all how time. are you today?
1: Um, <laughs> very <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> um, uh, we create all of the shows that we've created in the last three years i would say would have someone in them with some level of disability whether that's necessarily identified or not um and all of the work that we do is original um and we work both in devised contexts and with um, new plays. so
0: uh excuse me my question's more along the lines of what about the kids yep or people with disabilities because yep. that's what, so, sort of that's what I was saying from before so like about... yeah, getting the insight from from these yep. guys about the way that like, the impediments that they they experience all the time which is you know oh. kind of new to me and that sort of thing I imagine stories from those guys about their perspective of the world would be very very interesting to me I think this is
1: yes. probably a question for Mazer yes Mesa, well Mazer well, and Tom they're both working on a piece of theatre at the moment which will be on at St Martin's in December perhaps you could talk about that can you start do you by you want to start,
4: start me about Hatched? Yeah. Um, my, I'm hoping to do my first piece that I've done. Um, that's just my idea because usually the pieces I've done uh, have been um, uh, worked with other directors. So this is the one that I – this is my idea and my piece. And I wanted to do more like interactive theatre, like having objects, making it tactile, making it hearing. So it's just – and then building something to taste. or yeah, So then it's all um, – so it's all a linking of all these different stations – and then putting it together in a monologue. So it's not just a monologue, it's also the experience of going through all these different stations before seeing the piece, before, I think that's all the piece together. So that's gonna be my piece in December, and it's so far called Bird's Nest, but, um, and I hope it'll be cool, because it'll be my first little, my, my first little opening into my own theater, I guess.
1: Mm. And Tom? What, what's your hatched piece? Tell us about the type of theater you make. Um,
2: well, uh, I, 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 well, I, I was born on a farm where I had no, no engagement with theatre. Um,
1: so Tom was born on a farm with no access to theatre? Is that what you said?
2: Yeah. Uh, um, so... So, eh, eh, it was important for me to be involved with, with that. Um, eh, eh, I, 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 I worked a lot around data policy and uh, digital advocacy too.
1: So it's really important for him to be involved with theatre and he works a lot around disability and sexuality in the work that he does. Because those things are really important to him. Um,
2: so I so my 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 baggage, I I've been in um, as a performer yeah, perform a like theatre maker. Did
1: you say your background has been as a performer yeah, and yeah. theatre maker?
2: Yeah. Um, but, 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 <laughs> by, but, now, um, I, 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 I want to go uh, uh. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> yeah. Now he wants to go up?
2: No, uh-uh. Art. Art. No, no, no. No. Ah ah.
1: Higher.
4: Higher.
1: to my job,
4: Tom, like we uh, talked
2: about. Go, go, go. I I, am working with. I am working with some. What is it? For on. I'm. Um, um, very, very lovely people.
1: So he's working with some really full-on and lovely people. <laughs> um, I think we've probably um, run out
2: of time. Oh, oh wow, wow, wow! <laughs> one more thing. Um, do do, ma 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 ma, I'm performance.
1: The performance he's working on at the moment is a contemporary dance performance. This is quite significant for Tom because it's quite, it's a very physical
2: piece. It's really challenging as a theatre maker. my Because
1: it's his first one.
2: Thank you. I'm developing.
1: (laughs) So he's developing. (laughs) Thank you very much.